Today's episode of the Benzo Free Podcast diverges from our normal format. The, the initial plan was to record various segments along my road trip to Kansas City, including a variety of topics in a variety of settings, even with a few guests. Unfortunately, I had to diverge from my divergence. A family situation arose back in Denver, and I had to return home quickly, cutting the trip short by at least half. Thus, I only recorded about a third of the time I planned to, and never was able to record any guests, so it's all me. So if you like to hear me ramble, you're going to love this episode. If not, well, be kind. <laughs> I did have enough recorded to make an episode, and instead of skipping a week for the podcast, I thought it was better to post this as is. Now, I've really sold you on this week's episode, haven't I? <laughs> In today's episode from the road, I will muse on a variety of topics and loop them back to benzos and withdrawal. And I will tie it all up at the end with our moment of peace. I hope you find something of value in this episode, and if you want to go directly to any section, just check out our show notes for our episode index. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Hello, this is Dee and welcome to episode 35 of the Benzo Free Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different, in case you hadn't noticed. That's because right now I am in the car driving between Denver and Kansas City on Interstate 70. I'm heading to Kansas City to spend a couple days with my family and help my sister move into a new apartment. And I thought this would be a good chance to maybe test out the idea of a road show or a road trip or, you know, I don't even know what I'm going to call this episode yet, so... When I get back with the audio files I record into the studio, um, when I return back to Denver and edit it down, then I'm sure I'll come up with a name for it. I'm not sure what that will be at this time. But I just had the thought that, you know, it might be nice to get out of the studio, break things up a little bit, and not always sound the same. I, Again, as, I, as I've done before, um, kind of like with the quick questions we did last week, um, I like to try new things and see if they work or not. If they work, great. I will continue to do them, much like the quick questions I did last week. I got a lot of really good feedback on that one, and I want to thank you to those of you who um, did send me emails or, or submit our feedback form and give me some info. It really helps to know what's working and what's not. So thank you for that. So this is my first entry for the travel log. Today is September 5th. It is a Thursday. And it is right now 10 a.m. in Central Time in Kansas. I am just outside of Colby, Kansas, on my way to Kansas City. The crux of today's episode is basically just going to be 
being on the road and dealing with benzos and dealing with benzo withdrawal. I'm hoping that different things will trigger along the way and we can explore them together. We can see what it's like to, you know, get back out there as your symptoms are up or down or wherever you are. The truth is I kind of like being on the road. I like road trips. I, I like getting in the car and having some time to think or, or hanging out with a friend or my wife in the car and talking and catching up and just seeing the country and, and taking things a little slower. I kind of enjoy that. I'm, um, I'm not quite ready to fly yet. I'm not saying I wouldn't if I needed to, but I'm still okay not flying at this point in my recovery. But right now, I really enjoy being on the road, and I like what it brings, and I, I look forward to it. So, so I thought this was a good opportunity for me to head towards Kansas City and see the family a little bit and try out this new format for the podcast. One other key difference for this week's podcast is that it's completely unscripted. <laughs> That's right. Um, as I've mentioned to you in some previous episodes, I usually write out my podcast a few days in advance and then record them you know, on Monday and Tuesday and edit them down. This one, actually, I decided just to wing it. Um, kind of let things happen, see what happens, see what topics come up on the trip that might be of interest talk about different things, try to tie them all back to withdrawal, um, to benzos, to anxiety, to insomnia, and just kind of, you know, let it, let it flow, see what happens. So if I do ramble a bit, if I do carry on a bit, not that I don't do that when I'm scripted anyway, but if I do kind of get carried away at times or seem a little lost for words, it's because I'm just talking. Also, I kind of hope that these road shows if I continue, if we find that it works. Roadshow, road trip, whatever. Again, I don't know the title. But I kind of hope they'll also lead to actually direct involvement from you. Um, as I hit their separate towns, I'm kind of hoping we'll have a chance to meet. We can just meet and talk and not have anything to do with the podcast. Or even better, we can meet and you could be part of it. You can talk on the podcast. I would love to talk with some of you and have you as part of things, have a round table or do some interviews or whatever that, that this is a community, like I've said many times. And I really love to integrate that more into what we do here. So as I have some schedule laid out, um, I look forward to letting y'all know and seeing if people want to want to meet up, who knows, who knows what'll happen as we go along. And to give you a little bit of flavor, for those of you who haven't driven the cross Kansas interstate experience, <laughs> um, I want to give you a little bit of visualization. Kansas is flat. Um, <laughs> in case you've never been here, if you're from a different country or never get out west or never driven this way, it's one of, probably one of the most flattest states in the U.S. It's just cornfields, hayfields. And one big interstate going right down the middle. That's Kansas. Not the most exciting road trip in the world. Um, I've probably driven this route over a hundred times, to be honest. Um, even when I lived in Kansas City, I'd come out to Colorado and go skiing quite often. I also had an aunt who lived north of Denver and come out and visit all the time. And then once I did move here, of course, I drove back many times to visit my family. So this is a route I'm quite familiar with and have driven many times. But there's not a lot of visual stimulation. <laughs> so it kind of leaves you hanging out here with things to do. And since I'm kind of winging this and not sure where things are going, I'm kind of be recording in snippets. 
Um, and that means our format today will not be a standard format, as I mentioned. So it's going to be snippets along the road, and I'm going to just interject them here and there. But that means that our format will be loose. There won't be any mailbag or any benzo story today or anything else. It's just going to be me talking, and I hope you're willing to put up with that for a little while. <laughs> That's all I could do. But I do need to fill in the basic information up front, so let me just do that off the top of my head since I have no script in front of me because I am driving and I am making sure I keep my eyes on the road. But I do want to remind you that I still need feedback and I would love to hear from all of you, so please don't forget to fill out our feedback form at benzofrida.org feedback or send me an email at podcast at benzofrida.org. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at benzofrida.org subscribe. And if you're listening to this podcast on one of our third-party providers, please feel free to leave feedback there. That does help new listeners find us. Also, I do want to say that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. I think that's it. And just in case there are those of you out there who are concerned that maybe I might be driving distracted, I want to let you know that I'm not. I actually have this microphone hooked up to the back of my passenger seat on, a, on an arm, and so it's just in front of me, and I record without any hands on it. Also, I just press record at the beginning, and I let it run for about 20, 30 minutes. And I just talk as if I was talking to somebody in the passenger seat. So no distraction. I have both hands on the wheel and my eyes forward. So I promise you I'm not driving distracted to endanger myself or anyone else. You know, one of the things that I do realize on this podcast is I talk a lot about myself. <laughs> a lot. I... And I fight with that, I honestly do, because I really don't want it to be that. I, I do it primarily because, because I think it's the best way I can connect. That by sharing my stories, I think many of you connect with that. And, and I know that because I get a lot of feedback about that. In fact, most of the times that I share really personal things or my own intimate experiences or my own experience with benzo belly or cog fog or anxiety states or insomnia is when I get the best feedback and and I think it's because it's something that rings true and I hope it is it's it's one of those things that I, I just think we can't do unless we've been there and I'm hoping that because I've been there and I'm still there that you connect and, and I think that's the reason that this hopefully works and if it doesn't please tell me but from what I've heard from you so far it's been working okay, and it's been helping. And and I still want to bring in more Benzo stories from you, and I'll bring in more contributors and more interviews, and I want to bring in other people's points of view, and I want to talk more about some of the science and some of the recovery stuff and other stuff that's going on. But in between that, I talk about my own journey, and I do that because I think that's the best way for me to connect. So... If you feel I'm getting carried away or have a big head or I talk about only myself or just doing this too much, please, again, let me know. I really do want to know from you if that's going on too much. In the meantime, I think sharing my journey might be my best way to connect with you, and I'm hoping that's the case. So let me know what you think. I appreciate it. You know, as part of this road trip, I want to talk a little bit about about stretching out our box, uh, stretching out our bubble, you know, expanding our world and getting back into it, um, whether during withdrawal or even on benzos or especially after or in protracted. That's what this trip is for me. 
I've done different traveling during my withdrawal, and some early on in my taper and stuff weren't too bad. I even did some traveling for work, um, flying and everything from work in the middle of it. My symptoms really creeped in heavier, and especially the anxiety in acute and then into protracted withdrawal. So, so when those kicked in, the flying and traveling and everything associated with it became more difficult. But it's something all of us face. Many of us can't stop traveling. Many of us can't stop working. Many of us can't stop social functions due to work or other commitments or because of family or raising kids or taking care of parents are all the different requirements that are in our life and we have to deal with. And so we have to find that balance. We have to find the way to manage that. And I know for me it's a struggle. I don't have children of my own and that does make things simpler for me. I will admit for those of you who have kids, this could be a very difficult situation, and I understand that. But we all have our stressors in our life, and they all come from different places. But taking trips like this, um, expanding that bubble, expanding things, doing things that are uncomfortable. I think that's the word I like to use here is uncomfortable. Things that are difficult or hard, not necessarily painful, but are uncomfortable and are stretching ourselves out. We have to do at times. We have to do this, otherwise we're going to live in that little tiny box the rest of our lives. And traveling back home, that can be another big trigger for a lot of us. Um, many of us have emotional baggage tied to our childhood, to the places we grew up or the people we grew up with, our family, our friends, our school, whatever else might you know be a factor. We often have we often have baggage. We often have emotions tied to that, and they can lead to anxiety, to stress, to difficulties. Okay, that was a little bit of road construction there. Um, you want to hear it again? Here you go. Ready? On and off. Hey, you want to do that one more time? Okay, and on and off. <laughs> Sorry, just having a little bit of fun there. Anyway. Back to our topic, and that was something about expanding our, our bubble, our boundaries, and everything. Oh, and returning home. That's where I was. Let's go back to that. Returning home can be difficult for, for a lot of us, and I'm no different. You know, I have a lot of baggage from my childhood, from family, from friends, from the location, from school, whatever else tied into it. I have, you know, emotions linked into that, and that triggers our anxiety, adds stress to us. So it's another challenge. Um, Doing this is a challenge for me, and it is for a lot of people. And to be honest, one of the hardest parts for me still, although it's getting easier, is being alone and leaving Shanna behind. Um, this morning it was difficult for me to get in the car and actually leave. Both for myself, because I have some still, you know, some, I guess the best way to put it is lingering fear, you know, of being on my own. Um, like something I never had before, Benzos, but I still have a little bit of it, even though I really also thrive on that and want to get out there. But also, it's leaving her alone and not being there in case something goes wrong, not being there to protect her, not being there to help her through difficult times. It's uncomfortable to break out of the pattern. We get this pattern. We get this isolated pattern. And it's so hard to break that. It's so hard to push that back open again. I'm doing a lot better with it now, and I'm planning more trips, and I'm trying to expand that, that bubble as much as I can. But it's hard, and it's something we all have to do at some point. Now, for some of you, you're in the middle of this crap, and I get that. 
And right now, you might be actually strengthening your bubble or your box or your protective cocoon or whatever term you want to use for it. Because the pain is so hard or the suffering so hard or it's lingered on so long and you just have this little tiny world you've built that, that gets you through each day. I know this because I've been there. And that's okay. That is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Just always keep in mind that at some point you're going to want to get back out in the world again. And I know I've mentioned this before, but some of these, some of these points are good mentioning more than once. And that's kind of cool. So, I don't know. I'm enjoying that and I just wanted to share that with you. September 5th, 1240 p.m. I don't know if you recall just a little bit ago I was speaking about being uncomfortable and being willing to be uncomfortable and expanding our bubbles and getting into that arena and well it's perfect to say ask and you shall receive <laughs> I would say about an hour later I started to notice the car warming up more and more it appears that um, the air conditioning in the car decided to go out on the trip and it's kinda nice because you know you're mid Kansas it's 92 degrees outside and you know it's nice having air conditioning now but I thought it was poignant because all of a sudden it started getting hotter and hotter and hotter in the car and I started rolling down the windows and um, I've had to roll them up right now because with the windows down you would not have been able to hear me on the microphone so it's getting kinda toasty in here right now you know I would say it it borders on uncomfortable but it's a good wake-up call and this is the kinda thing I think I'm talking about is so I'm hot for a while you know, there was part of me thinking, oh, should I turn the car around? Should I pull into mechanic? What should I do? And then I caught myself and said, wait a minute. So you have no AC. People 50, 40, 50 years ago had no AC, period. I can roll down windows. I can get a little airflow through the car, which I've been doing. And it's manageable. It's hot, but it's manageable. And I'm going to sweat a little bit on the way to Kansas City. And I decided instead of fighting it to embrace it, have fun with it. So I rolled the windows down and I started letting the air hit my face and it's hot, I'll admit, but I'm just going to get there and maybe I'll get the car checked out and we'll see what's going on and take it from there. But you know, it's, it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder of how good we have it. And we have got it so good. I know in the middle of benzo withdrawal and benzos this is hard to see because yeah this is not good but taking that out of it we have so many good things and we can be so ungrateful and gratitude for what we have is something to focus on during benzo withdrawal there's a lot of bad things and I've spoken on gratitude before on this podcast but it's a good reminder that it's still important to be grateful I mean, you could be battling benzo withdrawal with no home, no shelter, no support, which some people are. I just think it's really important to remember and remind ourselves of what we do have, of all the good we have. There is always something to be grateful for. And here I am thinking, you know, damn it, I don't have air conditioning. This sucks. And then I realized, but my engine's still going. I'm not stranded on the side of the road. I didn't blow out a tire and have to try to replace that. I'm actually able to drive to Kansas City, which is pretty cool. 
I have a car which is getting me there a hell of a lot faster than a stagecoach or a horseback. There's a lot of good things going on here, and it's important, I think, for us to remember and really try to focus on, on, the, on the gratitude piece. Anyway, an update on the trip, thought I'd let you know. I just went through Salina, Kansas, for those who know this route at all. Salina, Kansas is another smaller city located in the middle of Kansas, which means I only have a, a few hours left to Kansas City. So I'm making progress, and, and I'm going to probably cut this here in just a second so that I could open the windows again and try to cool off the car as I'm starting to bake like an oven so that I can record the podcast. But, you know, it's just, we can do a lot, even with this condition, even while we're in it, even while we still have difficulties. There's things we can use to work around our, our, our limitations. I also need to stick with one thing at a time. I don't multitask like I used to. And I know from talking to several of you over the last few weeks, actually, that multitasking is a big thing for a lot of us. And... I was never a great multitasker, but I could do a lot better than I can now. And I'm getting a little bit of it back, so please don't don't take this as meaning this is going to stick with you forever. It's not. But it's just one of those things where I don't do as well with that, and it's better for me to stay singularly focused on different things. And I sometimes have to let people around me know, hey, can we just talk about this now, or can we just do this, or can you... Can you hold for a second and finish the conversation when I get done making my breakfast? (laughs) Because I can't do both. And that happens to me a lot. So if you're getting the problems with multitasking or other cog fog issues, cognitive function issues, memory issues, I relate. We all have these and they do improve and I'm doing much better. But I just want you to know this is, it's okay. It's okay. And, and the more we accept it and realize this is happening now and it's not going to be forever, the better we manage with it and the better we can move on. Okay, I think I am sweating <laughs> sufficiently now. So if you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign off for a second and I'll check in with you again in a little while as I open all my windows and try to air out the car. Thanks. Hello, this is D. It's, um, it's about 4.30 in the morning in Kansas City. I made it in safe. I'm staying at a hotel, and it's, it's morning. <laughs> this is when the, the darkness comes, isn't it? I thought I'd pull out the recorder and just kind of record an early morning especially when you're alone. I think we all, I think we all experience this at different times. Some of us, it's pretty common, but it's kind of when the negative thoughts come. You wake up in the morning and I don't know why it is, but at least for me and for many that I've talked to through correspondence with you all, it's the time when the the negativity kicks in. It's the time when our, I think those irrational brains that I speak about take over and the rational brains seem to be pushed to the side. And we get caught up in our symptoms. We get caught up in all this has been and all this has 
entailed and we we get caught up in the hopelessness we get caught up in the in the length of of this just damn illness and we start to feel for ourselves and have self-pity and and rightly so and why did this happen to me what did i do to deserve it we start to question everything when we're alone it's even worse you start to wonder what ifs you know what if my symptoms kick into high gear and and this is not going to go well what if what if i have a heart attack what if <laughs> you know just so many things that kick into your head and I don't know what it is. It's something about, I think, being open to your thoughts, about being, having the time, the downtime, without other external influences keeping you busy, without the distraction, that the mind just has its freedom to wander. And especially in Benzo withdrawal, it has the freedom to wander to the dark places. It can be hard. Now, I'm not nearly as negative as I was in the depths of my acute withdrawal and other things like that. But I'm having pieces of it. And I think that's why I went and grabbed the recorder as I'm laying here in bed just to say, hey, you know, I remember what this is like. I'm getting some of this right now. And and I can relate. You know, this is this is really difficult. And and I wish I knew the instant solution. There is none, I think, except to get up, turn on the lights, go for a walk, which I think I'm going to do here in a minute, and just, you know, get out in life and start doing things or, you know, whatever you can do to kind of break the pattern, to break that pattern of thought that's so negative. But then there's the other side. That is, should I just lay here? And let the feeling and, and face the feeling and explore it and not be afraid of it. And I'm trying to do that too. To accept the feelings like I've talked about and realize they're just feelings. And even though they're they're negative and fear-based, they are still just emotions. And it's okay to have those and it's okay to work through those. Sorry, I thought I'd pause there for a second and realize that I'm talking to you with my night guard in. <laughs> a little sense of reality here for the rest of you. And maybe it sounded a little muffled or a little like I was lisping or something. But um, I think it's maybe appropriate to talk about this because I do sleep with a night guard that I got from my um, dentist. It does help me with the grinding of the teeth that many of us also experience. Um, it saves my my molars and my special back teeth from being totally ground down to dust at night when I when I do the grinding, and um, I think a lot of you can relate to that too. So I took that out now. Hopefully, hopefully, if there was any kind of um, lisping or anything, that that it's okay. One thing I have noticed is. Um, in the morning here, I'm talking to you. I think my voice is even lower than normal. <laughs> I'm feeling it down in my chest. I don't know if it's just how things are in the morning, but it feels even, even lower than, than the baritone that I sometimes, you know, try to get to when I talk on the, on the podcast, just 
so you know when I'm more excited or lively or talking to people one-on-one. My voice does raise up some, so it, even though I have the baritone that it, it drops down to, and I do that intentionally, I think sometimes on the podcast, to be more calming, it does kind of kick into um, other registers um, when I'm talking to people and just, you know, doing things, normal day-by-day things. So back to what we do when, when this happens. Like I mentioned, I go back and forth. Um, on the one side, like I just said, I can lay here and, and feel the emotion and not be afraid of them. And I think that's healthy, but it can also get to be too much. And if you're getting too depressed or having really negative thoughts, then it's probably good to break that. Find the distraction and do something different. So I guess my first option is to lay here and deal with the thoughts. And as long as I'm in a decent mindset, that could be quite effective because I learned that they are just thoughts. I try to find out where they're coming from, what their real source is. A lot of times it's related to the symptoms and what's going on. Sometimes it's related to other things. In fact, equally so, if not more so, it's related to other things in my life sometimes. And, and that can be pretty powerful too. But trying to find where it's coming from sometimes can help us deconstruct that thought pattern and realize that we're maybe afraid of things that aren't really that serious or that we can break apart into smaller pieces that aren't that that intense. You know, another option I go through when I lay here is meditating. Sometimes I will meditate right in bed or I'll get up, go into a seated position, and I'll meditate. It's hard Because when your mind's really negative, it is hard to try and focus on accounting meditation or focus on your breath or on listening because your mind keeps triggering back to the negativity. But it's good practice. And sometimes it does help. In fact, sometimes I just do accounting meditation laying in bed and I fall back asleep. And that's not a bad thing. (laughs) It's nice to get a little more rest, especially when you have some insomnia and you're just not sleeping as well as you should. The other option is I'll just get up and do something. Sometimes I will just put my headphone in and listen to a book on tape or I'll get up and go to the other room so I don't wake Shanna and read a book. Another thing I'll do is I'll go exercise. In the morning is one of my favorite times to go do that. I'll even though the motivation is lacking a lot of the times, but I will just realize the best thing to do is to get up and move. And I'll go push myself and I'll go out and walk. I will go um, ride my bike. I will go hit the gym. A lot of times I'll hit the gym early morning and do the elliptical or do some weights or something. Anything just to kind of make use of that time in a more positive way than just laying here and letting the thoughts keep going. Another option is to go to work. I'll just open my laptop and start to do some work or something to try to get my mind moving in a different direction. Try to get it it active. Try to get some distraction going on to get it to focus on something different. Laying here and ruminating on the negativity of my life is not the answer. If I'm laying here and trying to feel the emotions, process them, and help, you know, deconstruct them and dispel them, That's that can be productive. But if you're just ruminating, if you're just letting those thoughts cycle and just letting them take you further and further down the hole, it's not productive. 
And that's when you need to get up and get moving. Well, at least in my opinion, these are things that I've worked for me. Again, that's all I can share with you are things that things that I have experienced or things that others have experienced who have shared with me um, or things I have researched. Again, that's all this is. It's opinion. I've mentioned that many times. But I just try to connect and hoping that my experiences or the experience of others that I share help people listening to the podcast. That's all I can do. What did I do this morning? I decided to pull out the recorder and record the podcast. <laughs> That's why I'm talking to you right now. And you know what? I'm feeling a little bit better. It's weird. I actually don't feel alone in the hotel room right now. And I think that's because I'm talking to you. It's that connection. It's helping me. I really hope maybe it's helping you too. I don't know. Like I said, this episode is an experiment. So <laughs> we're trying something out. I am sure some of you will tell me what you think of it. And I look forward to that. Whether it's positive or negative, I, I love the feedback. And I really do appreciate those of you who let me know what you think of the podcast. That's that's the way we improve, I'm hoping, over time is is you tell me what works and tell me what doesn't work because I can't read your mind, so <laughs> it helps when you can let me know what you're thinking. We all experience this. I, these, this, morning, this morning anguish, the morning negative thoughts, and not even just morning, whether it's middle of the day, at night, you're not sleeping, or... Even when you're in a crowd of people and you still feel alone and feel like you're battling this all by yourself, you're not. There are a lot of us out here battling this with you. And it creates kind of a community. you got to realize you're not alone. You really aren't alone in this. I know so many of you have reached out to me and told me, oh, it's, it's heartbreaking at times. Because so many times I've had emails from people who have said, you're the only one I can talk to about this. I've gotten a lot of those. And it, it both makes me feel good to know that at least this person has somebody to talk to about this. But it also, it also tears my heart out because these people have nobody else. And perhaps you're one of those people. Try to find somebody who can go through this with you. If it's a loved one who's trying to understand, help them understand. Perhaps it's somebody online, maybe the discussion boards, even though we sometimes say some cautions about them, because there can be some really harrowing stories out there and they can be triggers. But discussion boards can also be a place to find people to talk. Maybe you you will find somebody with similar symptoms or a similar case as yours, and you can take your conversation offline onto a separate chat or start emailing or start calling and talking to that person. I know a lot of people that do that. This is a great place to find people to talk to. And, of course, you can always reach out to me too. Send me an email, fill out our feedback form, and I, and I will respond. I have responded to every one of these that I have gotten. Or with the exception of when I had the email problems and I didn't get it. But those seem to be fixed now. So reach out. Let me know. I will get back to you. I always do. And on that note, I think I'm going to take my own advice. 
I'm going to go for a walk. Get a little exercise in, check out the area around the motel, and get ready for the day. I'll check back in in a little while. And that was the end of the road trip. I did go for a walk that morning, but soon discovered I needed to return to Denver and all the other plans fell by the wayside. You know, one of my favorite quotes is a Yiddish proverb. In fact, Woody Allen told a version later that goes something like this. If you want to make God laugh, tell him about your plans. Few things in life are truer than this. Regarding our road shows, no worries. I will do another road show hopefully soon, and God be willing, perhaps it will go a bit closer <laughs> to plans. Next week, I'll return to our regular format with the latest installment from our series on the symptoms of benzo withdrawal. I hope you will join us. But first, let me just take 30 seconds for our disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical, health, or psychological advice, nor any other kind of personal professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering on any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org slash disclaimer. And that brings us to our closing, our moment of peace. It's just one minute, and it's an opportunity to quiet your mind a bit before you return to the chaos of the real world. The way this works is that I will give a brief introduction, perhaps a suggestion of something to focus on. Then I will play a soft bell, which will indicate the start of the one minute. This will be followed by another soft bell, which will indicate the end of the one minute. And that will be the end of the episode. Feel free to continue to meditate if you choose. If not, continue on with your day. Please remember that you should only do this if you are in a safe place, where you can close your eyes, relax, and let the world pass by without you for a minute. Today we are going to do a spot relaxation exercise for our meditation. It's quite simple. Just find part of your body which is tense, such as the neck, shoulders, or pelvis, or any other spot where you carry your tension. Breathe deeply into that spot and then relax it on your out-breath. You can do this a few times if you like, then move on to another spot. If you wish to do a full-length meditation of this type, just start with your toes and work your way up the body, focusing on your toes, feet, ankles, calves, hips, etc. Many times we don't know where our tension is until we stumble upon it. But since we only have one minute today, we will be more directed in our search and start with the obvious centers of our stress. Let's get started. Close your eyes and relax. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly. Let's do that again. 
Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. And let it out slowly along with all the stress of the day. One more time. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. Then let the breath out slowly, relaxing your entire body. Now just breathe slowly and naturally. And find a spot of tension in your body and breathe into it, relaxing the entire area. If your mind wanders, just gently bring it back to your breathing. No judgment. Continue to do this for one minute. Our next episode is episode 36, and it will be released next Wednesday. Thank you again for joining me today, and please, let me know how we did. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.